And welcome back. It's Midday. I'm Tom Hall. By the way, coming up on the show tomorrow, it's Midday at the Movies. Jed Dietz and Ann Hornaday join me to look back at some of the best films of 2023 and to look ahead to some of the films that will vie for our attention over the holidays. Plus, theater critic J. Wynn Russick reviews Moulin Rouge at the Hippodrome Theater. So that's coming up tomorrow. And now Dan Rodericks joins me here in Studio A. It's a place with which he is quite familiar. He hosted <laughs> this show from this studio for seven years, from 2008 to 2015. He's also hosted shows on WBAL radio and television and WMAR. TV. He joined the Evening Sun in 1979, and he's been a popular and award-winning reporter and columnist writing insightfully and imaginatively on issues affecting Baltimore and beyond ever since. Dan is also the author of three books and two plays. The first play is called Baltimore, You Have No Idea. It played to sold-out audiences at the Baltimore Museum of Art last December, and it will return to the BMA this weekend and next. And in February, Dan will premiere a new play called Baltimore Docket. So if you have a question or comment for Dan, give us a call, 410-662-8780, or email midday at WIPR.org. Welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Nice to be here. It's nice to be back in this studio, although I'm sitting on the other side of the console here. That's right. <laughs> this could be a little, you know, disorienting. It is, yeah, yeah. It's so, all right. so for folks who weren't lucky enough to get a ticket last December, because it was a tough ticket to get, and the yeah. tickets this weekend and next are also tough tickets to get, um, tell us what the, what this is. You, you advertise it as a one-man play with a cast of seven. Right. <laughs> well, it started off, it started off as one-man play. Uh, do you remember Eric Bogosian? Years ago, I saw sure. Eric Bogosian on stage at Center Stage a long time ago, and he did a one-man play where he uh, sort of uh, transitioned into different characters in an amazing way. I mean, like 20 different characters on stage. And I I was enamored of that. I thought, that that's, that's an amazing talent. And I'm, I, I don't know, I've had a a mind to write a play for a long time, and I thought I could do a one-man play. I thought I could just stand on stage and tell stories because they have so many stories and I've written and uh, you're a really good storyteller well thank you I've written more than 6,000 newspaper columns you know uh, since I started with the old evening sun and so I have all these stories in my head I thought I could do this on stage but then I kind of chickened out (laughs) and I thought well wait wait a minute if you're going to tell stories why not you why don't you just have some of the characters you're talking about appear on stage and have a conversation with them tell their stories let them tell their stories and so that's what I did. That's why it ended up being called a, a one-man play with a cast of seven. Yeah, because so <laughs> yeah, we should make make it, make it clear to folks that you perform this thing. You don't, yeah, I'm you a, just write it. Yeah, some people. Uh, someone asked me whether I was going to be there this weekend. They wanted to see me, <laughs> and I said, "Well, you'll see me. You'll see maybe too much of me." Yeah, uh, look down center stage. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, so <laughs> some people didn't own. understand. I don't think I said, you know. I don't use the word starring. I didn't say, you know, with Dan Rodericks. I said it's a play by Dan Rodericks, but a lot of people weren't aware that actually I'm on stage for the whole yeah. time. Well, yeah. I'll use the, the term starring because that's what yeah. you do in this play. And it's <laughs> When you write the play, do you write it, you think, with the same frame of mind as you write a column for a print newspaper? You know, I, I sort of do, yeah. I mean, these stories uh, sort of roll out the way I would tell the story if it was in a column, but much more concisely, right? And the dialogue, a lot of the dialogue or the monologues that you hear in this play come right out of my column. These are, they were, they're actual quotes from people I interviewed years ago and told stories about. And the second play, Baltimore Docket, 
is all from uh, all most of the material. All, all the material is from trials that I've covered over the years, and what you'll hear are actual testimony, uh, actual quotes from that I pull out of my column. So, yeah, in a way, it is uh, the, the the vignettes, these these nine stories that I tell in the first play and seven in the second play, roll out the way I would tell a column. Yeah. Because in yeah. your columns for all these years, which I've read and so many people have read, you know, over and over for years and years, uh, you have a very distinctive voice. And, of course, having heard you on the radio and on television over all these years, I think people read, I certainly do, when I read your columns, I hear them in your voice. Oh, that's and that's, when, a, that's very that's a compliment to me. Well, it, it, very it, good. Thank yeah, you. And it, it, because yeah. because I mean I I just can't I, I don't think of them I don't put them in my voice certainly or, yeah. or in a neutral voice I think of them as you saying it yeah. because people are familiar with your your syntax and with your you know accent your New England accent my fading Baltimore accent yeah, right. maybe it's not fading anymore <laughs> yeah. you know I could go into it real if you want Tom I could do the whole interview like that like we just came from Harvard or something but. Uh, uh, you know that's a that is a compliment because uh, when I started off writing a column and I tell that story in the play, it goes back to way back when when I first got started. I needed to develop a voice. You know, I didn't think anybody cared what I had to say about anything at the age of twenty four. They gave me a column when I was twenty four years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody cared what I had to say about anything. But so I figured, well, I'll just develop a voice. It, Try to, a distinctive style in my writing, and it took it took a long time. You know, it's not something that happens overnight. A whole lot of people care about what you say now. That uh, could have been the case when you were twenty four years no, old. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now a lot of people care about what you say. Yeah. Being mentioned in a Dan Rodgers column uh, is a big deal for a lot of really? people. Really, you think so? Pu- absolutely, for public <laughs> officials and for the public. Yeah. I mean, how do you see your role? Because it really is distinctive. I can't think of anybody else in this community, in this metropolitan area, that has the kind of reach and the kind of history, you know, 40-plus years, 44, mm-hmm. 45 years, mm-hmm. uh, that, that you have. So how do you see your role in the 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 public discourse of of Baltimore. Well, you know, I, geez, I I've never been asked that question, <laughs> but I, and uh, I'd have to take a minute to think about that. I I, um, I don't like to overstate my role, but I you know I do get results sometimes when I write something and people react. Uh, I'm working on a story right now that is what is sort of investigative in nature. And it looks like a state agency is picking it up and getting into it because I've made a phone call, you know. Uh, and I, I, some people are going to benefit from that. I hope. Um, yeah, it's taken a long time to get there. I don't, uh, you know. Sure. Newspa- I mean, newspaper readership is not what it was, but that we still have thousands of people who read the Sun, fortunately, and support it. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, I think people just like want to see how a public event plays on my mind. I think that's why you turned a column uh, to read a columnist. And we used to have more columnists. I, I wish we had a few more columnists because I like to see, like, you know, if there's a big event in Baltimore, uh, a, 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 something serious, something light, or a public issue of some kind, you like to see how do how do other people feel about this, and not just letters to the editor. I mean, that's one one source of it, but how a particular columnist you followed for a long time feels about it, like Harbor Place. You yeah, wrote Harvard about place. that recently. I know? wrote about it the day the day after it rolled out. The, yeah. It was presented, and I thought, yeah, I got to say something about this. I, I'm going to give my first reaction to this, and if our minds change about this over time, so be it. But this is how I f- 
feel about this off the bat. Yeah, because and, I mean they they propose you know putting harbor yeah. uh, putting apartments right on the water. You know, yeah, right, right, right on the lights right on, where the Light Street Pavilion yeah, is two, now. Two two uh, apartment towers, and I. I, I don't go for that. Um, that. That's my opinion. And I think uh, people wanted to hear what I had to say. And then, because I got a lot of reaction to that uh, column. That yeah, I bet you did. Yeah. did. Yeah. And of course, that conversation is continued. We're going to have oh, one yeah. about it uh, right here on Midday uh, next Tuesday. Oh, good. Uh, you know, about the planning and how this has been done. Uh, and yeah. and uh, But when people hear, oh, this is how Dan feels about it, yeah. um, that, that moves some minds, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the developer himself, David Bramble, I've, I wrote a I wrote a story about him, a column about him maybe two, three years ago when he redeveloped uh, a Brownsfield in in southeast Baltimore into a shopping center. And he has a plan for apartments over there. And I was very impressed with the guy. I I remain very impressed with the guy. Me too. He's been on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he has a lot of good ideas and he's successfully knows how to handle, uh, how to make the the most of tax credits and all that kind of stuff to finance these projects. Uh, and, you know, we had a com- follow-up conversation after that. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, that's going to continue. I, by, by the way, he, I think he's been very cool about responding to people. And I, I don't, you know, he doesn't seem to be very thin-skinned, this guy, you know. Yeah, his, well, his, yeah. It's, it's rough. Credit. I mean, it, it, it is rough. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and, and, you know, the Planning Commission had a meeting about yeah. it. And, the, you know, and, and, and people were critical of the, you know, the zoning. All of a sudden, Eric Costello was running back to City Hall after the press conference and, you know, submitting bills to change the zoning. And folks are saying, wait a minute. This, well, that's this what I'm saying. Fast. And the yeah. governor and the mayor yeah. all lined up there to support the thing. Now, people say, well, uh, James Rouse had that kind of support way back when. But James Rouse had a battle. Yeah, there was a, there were plenty of people who didn't think it was a good idea. Didn't think it was a good idea, and then we had to have a a vote on it. Yeah. So the whole the citizenry got to vote on it, and, the, and a majority of people said yes, go ahead and build on Harbor Place. It it needs it, but it wasn't without a fight. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the plays. Dan Rodericks is the award-winning columnist for the Baltimore Sun and the author and star of Baltimore, You Have No Idea, a play that will be at the Baltimore Museum of Art beginning Friday night. His new play, Baltimore Docket, will premiere in February. We'll have more with Dan on the other side of a quick break. You can join us, 410-662-8780. You can email us midday at wypr.org. I'm Tom Hall. Stay with us. I'm Al Waller. I'm Katherine Collinson. And I'm Mihaela Vince. In upcoming episodes of Clear Path, Your Roadmap for Life, we'll discuss ways to catch up on retirement savings and the importance of self-care. Tune in to WYPR's website and mobile app, all major podcast platforms, and transamericainstitute.org. You're listening to Baltimore's NPR News Station, 88.1 WYPR. And welcome back. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. If you've just joined us, my guest is Dan Rodericks, the author, playwright, and longtime columnist for the Baltimore Sun. He's a former host of this very show and the writer and star of two plays that are based on his four-plus decades covering all things Baltimore. As a print and broadcast journalist, he'll perform his play, 
Baltimore, you have no idea, in six performances at the BMA over the next two weekends. In February, he'll premiere a new play called Baltimore Docket. Most of the performances coming up in this weekend and next weekend are sold out. Um, so we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a bit. <laughs> Dan is with me here in Studio A. Until the top of the hour, 410-662-8780. Our email midday at WIPR. Dot org. Let's go to the phones. Robert's on the line from Baltimore. Welcome to the show with Dan Rodericks. Yeah, I just want to thank Dan for being a North Star. I moved into Baltimore about 20 years ago, and uh, I would listen to him on midday and, and really <laughs> enjoy his show, and uh, and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Tom, for, for trying to fill in his shoes, too. So, so thank you. I even took the tour last time you all had the open door, and I got to meet you. Oh, great. So thanks a lot. Well, well, thank, thank you, Robert. Yeah, thank it's you. nice to hear. From both of us, thanks yeah. for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, Tom in Mount Vernon is on the line. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Oh, thanks, everybody. Uh, Dan, this is Tom. I Cruz. remember Tom. I recognize his voice. How, how are you, Tom? <laughs> Fine, my friend. Uh, in 2015, uh, you ran midday, and I called him because my son had just been murdered. Yeah. And I needed somebody to talk to. My friends at Midday helped me out. Later on, you had an interview with me in Mount Vernon Park. I and remember. you wrote an article titled, uh, Boy with Starfish in His Hand. And that article, I reread it every year on the anniversary of my son's death. And what I owe you for helping me get through that is beyond evaluation, Dan. I really appreciate it so much. And I wanted to thank you. And I had a chance to really thank you for that. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. You know, um, since I've been hosting the show for seven years now, and Tom calls frequently, and Tom, yeah, I, yeah. I did not realize that uh, your son had been murdered. That's not mm. something I knew. Uh, you always have wonderful, thoughtful questions. Uh, but thank you for listening and for calling. Uh, and uh, I have this we're, image. We're I remember a photograph you showed me of his son when he was a little boy with a starfish in his hands and how he turned out, you know, drug addiction and then a murder. Uh, it's always stuck with me. Mm, absolutely. As so many of the stories you tell have stuck with so many people. Um, back to your performing this. Yes. As the two of us are sitting here wiping tears <laughs> from our eyes because we're I'm so sorry. moved I, I, by Tom's his call. Voice, his voice come, you know, brings yeah. back uh, that story to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you are no stranger to the stage. I mean, uh, the Young Victorian <laughs> Theater Company is a, yeah. a, a group that you've performed many, many roles with. I mean, you, you, you're a theater guy. When, when your son was in high school, you directed a play for Oh, yeah, them. Tom, you have a good that. memory. Yeah. Remember? So when I was in high school, I was Tevia and Fiddler on the Roof. Prior to that, I had been primarily a jock, and I got recruited to do this, and I had such a blast with that in high school. I learned how to, well, I quickly took singing lessons, and I kind of crooned my way through Tevia, but uh, it was so exciting to to do that. And then I had a good friend, David Fuller, who uh, he wanted the role. He was my best friend. He wanted the role, but he ended up as Perchick. Uh, the crazy student. Anyway, and he ended up with a whole career in theater in New York City. He's very successful, runs his own theater company and all. And I ended up, uh, you know, as an ink-stained wretch working on a newspaper and not doing that. But you're right. I, from time to time, I got on stage. I did the Young Victorian Theater Company. And I, I took I took um, the front page, the play, the front page, and modernized it for post the post-9-11 world and, and did that for, the friends, for a friend's school production. I had a great time with that, too. So I've always had this, uh, you know, sort of dabbling in theater and, and thinking this this is a way to distill my skills at, uh, well, uh, 
uh, telling stories, um, mimicking people. I do that a lot. <laughs> I, do a lot. I, have a, I have a head, a mind for voices and uh, mimicking people and listening very closely to people and catching you know, di- dialogue, how people speak, and dialect, you know. And so, also reading the room, too. Because, I mean, you yeah. know, you can stand in front of a television camera, which you've done many times, or sit behind a microphone, which you've done very many times, but those audiences aren't in front of us. Right. You know, when you're on a stage, oh, yeah. there they are. Yeah. I mean, so how do you, how do you, how do you, you know, uh, calibrate things for that experience? Well, I just... You just got to go with it, right, Tom? You just got to walk out on the stage and do it. And last year, the audience really helped me. I mean, the audience was great. All three audiences last year. We only did three shows, which right. is why people couldn't get a ticket. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm my own production company. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a big Congratulations sugar daddy backer. Congratulations on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not Zero Mustel out there uh, with or Jason Alexander. You know, not Jason Alexander. Who did the producers on Broadway? What's his name? Nathan Lane. Yeah. You know, out there uh, getting checks from old ladies on couches. You know, I. I so this Next is my. Next year own... it's springtime with Hitler no, with no, Dan Rutter. No. <laughs> so that's why we only did three shows because all I could, we could afford. But but anyway, uh, so the uh, but the audience was so responsive right away. I think people, you know, there's a little bit of a holiday theme in this play a little bit and it, it hits in December and for people it is sort of a nice prelude to the holidays so maybe people are just in the mood to hear some some funny stories and some poignant stories about their own hometown. Yeah, cuz there's a mix yeah. of both. It's yeah. not all funny and it's not all poignant but it's right. a lot of both which is which right. is one of the appeals of it. Yeah. I mean, you've been at this so long. Yeah. Um <laughs> in front of the public so long. Yeah. Um I wonder what do you what are you better at now in your view? than you were at 24 when they handed you oh, this column. Oh, well, um, I'm better at perspective. Obviously, I've been around for a while, and I remember things. Having a memory is really important. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> it does. <laughs> having a memory that still works, you know, because you can remember. Like with, on the Harbor Place discussion, for instance, you know, when someone says to me. Yeah, you remember uh, when the first one started. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. When someone says to me that uh, J- uh, James Rouse, you know, was widely accepted and uh, Schaefer was behind him. and Well, of course, that, that is true, but not everybody. I said immediately, I said, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I do actually remember that, that vote when that happened. And I, I, I try to keep things in perspective when I, when I write sometimes to provide. I, one of the best compliments I receive is from someone who's fairly new to town and, and tells me they learned something about Baltimore or Maryland from my column. And probably the same thing happens with this radio show, too. It's probably one of the reasons why people tune in. Uh, newcomers learn things yeah. about their community through these. That's why you need a, new, a good, a solid newspaper, why you need public radio. And by the way, you can phone the pledge right now to WYPR. <laughs> <laughs> Old habits die hard, yeah, don't they? Sorry. <laughs> and you know he ain't kidding, folks. We we never turn it down. So you know, do what you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you feel a pressure? People ask me this um, with some regularity, and I wonder, uh, you know, having having a column that is you know just so widely read and and uh, eagerly anticipated every every three three times every week. A, a pressure to be positive about the city, you know, a, a pressure to tell the good stories. I hear this a lot. Yeah, I hear this a lot, too. Well, people, th- those are the columns I get the most reaction to or columns that express some anger about or outrage about something that other people are outraged about. But, yeah, I mean. 
It's like, oh, if well, only I, the media covered the good things about Baltimore, you know, we'd yeah, have that's, a different place. Yeah, we, we can't do how that. Do you, how do you respond? Well, again, we're not, that would not be responsible. There's this, the city has serious problems, and I'm sorry, it has a load of serious problems, and we've gone over them over and over again, but you can't give up, you can't stop uh, having public awareness and a public discussion about it. You have to, you have to keep going. But- when you write a column three days a week, and you remember Mike Royko, who was a Chicago columnist for a long time and uh, uh, won a Pulitzer Prize for a, a book he wrote about uh, Mayor Daley, um, you know, he, he, write, he used to write, I think, five times a week, you know, mm. and, and he just kept knocking them out and knocking them out. But he always said you have to have a sort of a emotional pace to the columns. If people read you every day, you can't take them down, down, down. You got to bring them back up. You got to tell a funny story here on Wednesday. If you, if on Monday you told them a very serious downer story, you know, so there has to be a balance over time, or people won't. I think people will just think you're the the Grim Reaper or something, you know. So I interviewed yeah. Frank DeFord one time. Mm-hmm. You've probably talked to him too. He's a Baltimore yep, guy, right. and um, he said, of course, the the hardest thing about his columns that he wrote for Sports Illustrated or for NPR was coming up with the idea. And you have mm-hmm. had to come up with three ideas a week. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean that 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 alone is huge. Well, pressure. first, plus the you're news. doing this other stuff. Well, too. there's news, right? There's yeah. plenty of news. I mean, there hasn't been a dull moment in this town. No, there hasn't. All this time, come on. <laughs> I, I, in fact, right. I say that in the play. There hasn't been a dull moment since. Uh, uh, so there's always something to write about and comment about. And after a while, you know, when I was in my 20th year writing a column and from then on, I had a regular uh, band of uh, array of sources, people who would call me all the time or I would call them to see what's going on. People in courthouses and hospitals and uh, fire firehouses just would would tell me stories. Uh, They would say, you know, I want I want you to write a story about this. This happens a lot. And sometimes they're very good stories. Sometimes they're like, you know. Not so great, but uh, that's what feeds the the monster. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> three and, days a week, and the perspective you have allows you to know which ones are going to be worth tracking down, yeah. and which ones are going to be worth yeah. you know maybe saying. Not the so the much. one thing I do worry about sometimes is going over the same ground. Uh, so I always check myself. I always go back and read a com. I'll be sitting there writing a column and say, "Wait a minute, did I say this last year?" <laughs> Yeah. So I go That's and look at it. That's a real thing. That's yeah. a real thing when you write that many columns. About, you know. Yours is one of the, it may be the longest running newspaper column in the United States of America. Yeah, let me just say, we don't know for sure, right? We don't know yet. <laughs> but we've been working on this because uh, it, it, George Will has written a syndicated column for, for a long time. I think since the late 60s maybe or at least the early 70s during the Nixon era. So when it comes to syndicated columns, he's probably – the longest running now, I believe. But as far as the local yeah. column goes, it's hard. I, I, yeah. I can't think of another columnist who's done it for 40. Uh, well, January 8th will be uh, 44 years. Yeah. yeah. God yeah. bless. <laughs> well, have a great time this weekend and next oh, weekend. You, and Tom. we look forward to the new play in February. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Good to see you. Dan see Rodericks, you. he writes one of the longest running newspaper columns in the United States. We'll say it that way. And he will star in his play, Baltimore. You have no idea at the Baltimore Museum of Art. The first five performances over the next couple of weekends are sold out. There are just a few tickets left for a show a week from Saturday night. So uh, you can come to our webpage, the Midday webpage at WIPR.org. We'll give you a link, and you can try to get tickets. That's it for us today. Coming up tomorrow, 
It's Midday at the Movies with Jed Dietz and Ann Hornaday of the Maryland Film Festival and the Washington Post. As well, theater critic Jay Wynn Russick will review Moulin Rouge at the Hippodrome Theater. Here and Now is up next after news at the top of the hour. I'm Tom Hall. Really appreciate your joining us. Thanks. Have a great day. This is Baltimore's NPR News Station, 881 WYPR.